Hello and welcome to And Let's Be Heard for Friday, October 28th, 2022. I'm Mike Kachopoli. All right, here we are. End of a week. End of a week. Here we go. Made it through another week. We are at another day closer to the election. We are now 11 days, 1 1, 11 short days away from the midterm elections. <clears throat> and, uh, well, I was originally going to talk more about, you know, the, uh, the midterms and what the polls are saying and how they've changed and what's going on in Pennsylvania and what's going on in Arizona and what's going on in Nevada and so on and so forth. And I was going to talk more about Elon Musk. Uh, at Twitter. And then, of course, there's an October surprise. And the October surprise, I say October surprise, you know, when they, when they talk about October surprise, they talk about things that usually it's a presidential election, right? When one race, one big race. Usually it's not a midterm thing. But usually when they talk about an October surprise during a presidential election, it's like something that changes the dynamics of the race. Well, the thing that happened is not going to change the dynamics of the race. It's just, it's just an odd, another odd thing involving Nancy Pelosi and a very odd thing involving her husband. Her husband, he of the two, the two DUIs, the two DUIs. Now, when I say the two DUIs, the two times he was caught. So if he is a drunk who goes out there and drives and he was caught twice, he's probably done it multiple times. He could probably times that by 10. So he's a very odd man, obviously has problems. And uh, I guess one of those problems is he has to live with her. <laughs> boom, boom. Okay. But anyway, so this evidently her home in San Francisco, which is basically like a for you for those of you who don't live here. I live here. It's like a fortress. You can't even get it's hard to even get anywhere near it. Evidently, she she wasn't there. I think she was in D.C. and he was home alone. It was early in the morning and he was sleeping and someone broke in. He heard the glass break and someone brings him with a, with a hammer and attacks him, assaults him. And the guy's naked. Okay, this guy's naked. I believe he ended. He's forty-six-year-old guy, and he's assaulting Paul Pelosi with a hammer. This is also—I should say—allegedly, supposedly, because I simply don't believe anything Nancy Pelosi says, anything she does, anything that happens around her. Look at look at the—and that's her fault, not mine. Look at the January sixth thing. Well, her daughter happens to be there filming the whole thing. She had her daughter come in. Her 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 uh, documentary filmmaker daughter come in and film everything before remember before she didn't supposedly didn't know this insurrection in quotes was going to happen and uh and she had her daughter there filming the whole thing and you know we, we've just saw recently that shot of her saying i'm going to punch him out if trump comes out i'm going to punch him. i've been waiting for this moment i'm going to punch him out you know so it's and it was almost like it was scripted by aaron sorkin so i don't believe anything around her I don't. And I don't believe what, what is the most fishy thing about the Pelosi story. And there are a lot of fishy elements, right? She's not home. Her husband's home. It's 11 days before the election. This happens. Uh, is that I don't have a lot of money. I am not a popular person, yet I have a security card in my building and no one gets past that guy. And the elevator, you need a, what do you call that, a, a fob thing to get it. No one's going to get into my, no one's going to break into my apartment here. And once again, not wealthy, not a celebrity. There's absolutely no fucking way that a, a, a naked guy 
at two in the morning, whenever it was, is going to break into Nancy Pelosi's home with a hammer. It's not going to happen. Harmy Dillon, those of you who watch Fox know Harmy Dillon. She's a lawyer here in San Francisco. She said her firm, my firm served a lawsuit against Paul Pelosi one time in San Francisco if they're attempting to serve at other residences, Napa, Georgetown. They weren't home, but staff were. And multiple, now they weren't even home, just the staff. And multiple law enforcement officers were on the perimeter. Break-in is odd, given this level of security. And I understand it's not just law. It's like they have every all, three or four different kinds of law enforcement guarding her home. And I don't necessarily have a problem with that. She is a Speaker of the House. She's hated by a lot of people. I, I, at San Francisco, where crime is through the roof, I don't have a problem with that. What I have a problem with is the story. How would this guy get in there? How would this guy possibly get in there like that? Passing all the, through all the security naked early in the morning with a hammer. And then breaking the window, which, of course, had to take some force and some time and a lot of sound. So where was this great security? Where were they? No one asked this simple question, okay? A lot of people who don't have a lot of money in buildings in San Francisco have doormen or security guards. Single-room occupancies have a guard. You can't get in there after 10 p.m. You're telling me that Nancy Pelosi... Someone that's naked at two in the morning can break in with a hammer and assault her husband. I don't believe it. I simply don't believe the story. It does not add up. It's incredibly fishy. It's incredibly fishy. And on top of all this, as soon as this happens, of course, as soon as it happens, you have the, the left-wing morons in the media saying, oh, this guy's a right-winger, and look, it proves right-wingers are nuts, and they want to help kill Democrats, vote for Democrats. That's basically the narrative, right? We can't vote for Republicans because then more crazy naked right-wingers will break into Democrats' homes. I mean, this is the stupidity from people like Schenk Uger, who's become a total fucking moron. And um, then we find out that the guy is absolutely not a right-winger. Now, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I'm sure this naked 46-year-old isn't thinking about politics. He's obviously, if it happened, which I don't believe it did, let's pretend it happened. Because I have to, I have to pretend in the fantasy world that it happened in order to, to me to give my side on this whole thing. Because I don't think it even happened. I mean, there are rumors out there that Pelosi might be bisexual and the guy was naked and they were having a thing going on and it didn't go well. And it was a setup. Who knows? Maybe Nancy Pelosi hired the guy. Maybe maybe Paul has taken one for the team because Democrats are doing so badly. She's trying to do something because she's so desperate. Who knows? I don't put anything past her. I don't put anything past Nancy from Baltimore. I don't I don't put anything past her. But let's take it on. Let's take it for what it is. A security breach and the guy got in. OK, well, let's pretend it's all on the level. OK, it is what it is. Who cares if he's a right winger or a left winger? Who gives a shit? He's a naked guy with a hammer. He's nuts. But of course. The left-wing media has to make it political because it's 11 days before the election, which makes me believe this is all fishy because it happened 11 days before an election when the Democrats are going to get their asses kicked and Pelosi's going to lose her gavel. So maybe she played, replaced a hammer with a gavel and her husband is taking one for the team, hoping a few seats change because people fail badly. Who the hell knows what they're thinking? But as the information comes out about this 46-year-old guy, we find out, one, he lived in Berkeley. 
right winger. Ah. Two, he was part of this nudist colony ah, in the Castro. Ah. And he did like this nudist, you know, like uh, uh, he would protest things nude, nude protests. Right wing. Ah. So the more that's coming out about this particular guy, it looks like he's a left wing anarchist, socialist, Antifa type. Right winger. Ah. So all it would take is a little bit of like patience waiting for the information for this guy to come out. Of course, there are all these things, oh, his social media, he's a right-winger, there's a right-wing manifesto, all this nonsense. And then you have people saying the most ridiculous shit, like, oh, he was a left-wing nut and a right-wing nut. What the hell are you, how are you a left-wing nut and a right-wing nut at the same time? But all of this really doesn't matter. All of this really doesn't matter. He was just a crazy guy. He was one crazy person. Who cares about his politics if he even had any? And also, another another aspect that we know about the guy is he was a huge pothead. Huge pothead, right, Winger? Ah. There's nothing in this guy's resume, if you want to call it a resume, that says he was a conservative or a Republican or a neo-Nazi or a proud boy. Quite the opposite. So if you want to make that point then he's a left-winger. He's a socialist. You know, this might blow the mind of a lot of these morons like Cenk Uger and others in the left-wing media, in the DNC-owned media, but there are a lot of progressives who hate Pelosi. In fact, progressives, progressives hate Pelosi even more than many right-wingers. So it's very possible this guy is just a nutty progressive. Oh, my God, a nutty progressive? That doesn't exist, does it? Come on, give me a break. So it's this constant thing Democrats like to do, which is like huge use use uh, a tragedy. It's not really a tragedy or a negative moment or a bad moment for political gain. For political gain, and then of course there's rumors that Paul Pelosi is going in for brain surgery. It wasn't brain surgery. He had to go in for some kind of surgery because of his wounds, but it wasn't brain surgery. People don't even take time to get the facts right. Right away, they want to jump on it and make it political, which once again makes me wonder, makes me wonder if it was real. 11 days before an election where she's going to lose her gavel. Now, logic would tell you She's not going to – the Democrats aren't going to win because of this because so many people hate Nancy Pelosi anyway. I don't I don't know if Nancy Pelosi understands this or people who like Pelosi live in such a bubble. They think she's like the queen bee. They don't understand how many people hate her. Right-wingers hate her. Progressives hate her. Independents hate her. Everyone hates her. No one likes her. No one cares about her personal life. Very few people are going to feel bad about this. So if it was set up, what does she think? She thinks that only conservatives dislike her? Everyone dislikes Nancy Pelosi, except the extreme. The only people who like Nancy Pelosi are the Democratic cultists, most of them here in San Francisco. So I don't know how she thinks this would help Democrats in an election. Because she probably has such this inflated idea of herself that she's so loved and adored by everyone except Republicans. Everyone hates Nancy Pelosi, which is also a title of my uh, – 
autobiography. No, just kidding. But everyone does. Right-wingers hate her, socialists hate her, libertarians hate her, progressives hate her, independents hate her. Like I said, the only people who like her basically are San Francisco cult Democrats. That, that's who likes her. That's who gets her elected by 70% of the vote every year. So I don't really – the whole thing is incredibly fishy to me, incredibly fishy. And, and it all stems from the idea of the amount of security she has at that fortress. People don't understand. People think, oh, she must live in like a, a house in the middle of nowhere or isolated apartment. No, it's a huge mansion in the middle of fucking San Francisco, and she's got like four different kinds of law enforcement agencies protecting her. Do you think she called them away? You think she gets t- they get time off when she's not there? That her husband is meaningless. Oh, oh, another great element is the is the 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 the, the spreading rumor that he asks <laughs> he breaks in and he says as he breaks in and this is great this is like a movie line he turns to the camera and he says where's Nancy now remember that line where's Nancy. Isn't that what they said all the January 6th protesters was chanting? Where's Nancy? Where's Nancy? Where's Nancy? So he said exactly the same thing that the January 6th. What a coincidence. What a mind-blowing coincidence. And according to who? There would be only one person there who would have heard him say that, right? Paul Pelosi. So Paul Pelosi is in such bad shape. But he's able to tell the media that he's that the guy said, where's Nancy? Who else was there? Was there an audience? It's amazing what you can get away with all these fucking gullible people. And I see all these gullible left wingers with Trump derangement syndrome right away, accepting this just as it's written, not asking any questions. When it took me two and a half seconds to think. That line is exactly the same line from January 6th. Nancy has to come to best security in, in the world in front of her house. How would this happen? How can this be real? Things just don't add up. And they don't add up. As Harmy Dillon continues, we have been to many social <clears throat> events in the, in the immediate vicinity as well. There are security cameras everywhere. And many homes have private security. Whatever happened, law enforcement should have plenty of evidence to get to the bottom of it and find the attacker attackers. The level of security for most people in San Francisco is at an all-time low in the 20-plus years lived there, even in wealthy neighborhoods. So the fact of the matter is, is that it's so hard to break into Nancy Pelosi's place. I mean, they often have protesters out there, so they're prepared for that kind of thing. They have protesters show up. You know, you never know when someone's going to show up, right? Protesters aren't, aren't always going to announce when they're going to be there. And it's known where she lives. So the, the, the security is, is, at the, is at the highest level. The highest level. And yet, no, is anyone asking these questions? Is anyone asking these very obvious questions? A naked Castro weed head, pothead, who hangs out in Castro, who lives in Berkeley. It's a, is a Trumper? Is a Trumper? It's so stupid. These people are so fucking dumb. And assholes like Cheng Hu go on Twitter and say, "We know he's a right winger. He, we know it. How do we know it, Cheng? How do we know it, Sang? Come and say you say your fucking name. How, how do we know it? 
And they create the exact narrative they want to create. They create the exact narrative they want to create. Cenk says not only was he a right-wing Trumper, but he also liked Tulsi Gabbard. Cenk Kugler made him exactly who we wanted to make him, this fucking fake news fat fuckhead. Give me a fucking break. That people can't see through that shit? Let's make him exactly what we want to make him. How much coverage of there was there when that guy who shot uh, Steve Scalise, you know, they're all playing softball, all the Republicans were playing softball a few years back, and the guy that shot him, and the guy was a huge Bernie supporter. It was hardly even mentioned. No one even mentioned he was a Bernie supporter. But when they have a, 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 a posting on Twitter that's pro-Trump, they say, oh, he's a Trumper. Look, look, look at those violent Trumpers. Look at them killing all these Democrats. Once again, the double standard is absolutely fucking mind-blowing. It's mind-blowing. God forbid so much you have a brain like Tulsi Gabbard. A brain. You're a Democrat. You see the Democrats have become this crazy fucking ultra left wing nutty cult and you want to leave the party and you're a bad person, says fat fuck Chank Uger because he's a fucking millionaire and he's. Yeah, oh, fuck. These people get me so upset. So upset. At the side, there's only one rich person I like Elon Musk. I got to like one. There's always got to be one, right? I got to have one pet billionaire. That's Elon Musk. All these other people, they, they claim they're of the, man, of the people. We're of the people. And they make millions of dollars. Of the people. Young Turks. Ah, Bafangul. Young, the young jerks. Uh, would have ruined my Friday. Ruin my Friday. Is this guy, Paul Pelosi, is he like a cross between Fetterman and Biden? There's something wrong with him. I mean, all this DUIs, then a naked guy assaults him. What the fuck? This is so bizarre. It really is incredibly bizarre. Uh, but you got to feel bad for the guy just being married to her, right? Just being married to her, you can't blame him for going out drinking. You couldn't blame him if he had some naked guy over that he wanted to suck off. You can't, you can't blame him for any of this stuff. Because look at who he's married to. Look at who he's married to. These, these, these total political entities, like Gavin Newsom and Nancy Pelosi and, and, and uh, Joe Biden, they're, they're just, their whole existence is politics. They're just political beings. They're not human beings. It's a new term. Political being. You know, we had the political science as opposed to the real science that Democrats followed. A political being as opposed to a human being. That's what these people are. There's nothing to them except politics. And everything's about politics. Everything's about politics. And no, come on, the media, the media here doesn't, you can get away with anything now. People say, oh yeah, how could Pelosi get away with it? You can get away with anything. You think the media in San Francisco... The 99% liberal media in this country is going to investigate this? You think they can do any investigation? You think they can do one fucking second of investigation? Have they thought for one second the things I thought? Why? Why? How could security be so lax at her house? How could the guy say the exact words, the, the people on January 6th? Have any was one fucking journalist in this shitty city ever even thought about that yet? So, of course, you can get away with it. No, no, no. Donald Trump couldn't get away with it. 
No, 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 no. Uh, Republicans couldn't get away with it, but she could certainly get away with it. In San Francisco, absolutely. No one's going to question her. You're a, you're a tinfoil hat nutcase if you do, and that's the end of it. And she knows that. She knows that. What was the Don? Uh, remember Teflon Don Gotti? She's like Teflon Nancy. Pelosi here, and she's like the fucking Don of San Francisco. No one's going to touch her here. No one's going to investigate this. They'll just take it for what it is. And this guy will be a patsy. Maybe very well-paid patsy. Remember how much money she has from all the stocks, from all the insider trading she's done over the last three decades. She's got a lot of money. I hope, I hope he asked for a good chunk. hope one of the... Hope he didn't just ask for like five grand. Very easy for Nancy Pelosi to do. It's very easy. And I'm not a screenwriter. Could be. Very easy. Very easy. Hire the kid. Pay him a good amount of money. He breaks the glass. They'll fix it. The husband takes one for the team. We don't even know how hurt he is. We don't even know. That could all be done up too. We don't know. Everyone's in the back pocket of Nancy Pelosi here. Everyone. This is like the Jesse Smollett thing, but they investigated Jesse Smollett. They won't investigate Nancy Pelosi. Jesse Smollett, they 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 investigated. They investigated that. They won't they won't investigate Nancy Pelosi. There'll be no investigation, there'll be no questioning of the facts. If anything's fishy, don't no, don't even think about it. That's conspiracy theory. Anything a good detective would do in a normal case is, con- is considered con- a conspiracy theory when you talk about Democratic politicians, right? If this was not Nancy Pelosi, if it was Mike Chopley, if it was Joe Blow, if it was Nancy Blow, they would do an investigation. They would say, wait a minute. OK, let's look at the facts. Something things don't add up. No, forget about this. It's never going to happen. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Nancy Pelosi's husband was assaulted at two in the morning, whenever it was, by a 46-year-old naked guy. Uh, who's a right winger, Trumper, and hates all Democrats and wants Republicans to win. That will be the narrative. That will be the narrative that will win out because 95% of the media will push that stupid narrative, even though none of it's true. None of it's true. No, that's because, you know, November 8th is going to be such a nice day. November 8th is going to be such a beautiful day. Oh, God. I cannot wait. I cannot wait. By the way, if you notice, the uh, the app has changed again. I have to, I have to keep complaining. The, the never-ending updates. You see, now it says callers, public, waiting for... I don't know if you guys can see that. I see callers, public, waiting for participants to call in. There's a little section there now. That was never there before. That was never there. That, that's probably what they were working on yesterday when I couldn't get rid of callers. When they were there forever. But um, once again, the app had to be updated, I guess. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I guess they pay these tech people so much to have to make them do things, right? We've talked about this before, right? With like Twitter t- changing their font, changing, and then Facebook has changed their, out, their look about 20 times. It's like they, gotta, they pay these people so much. They pay most of them make six figures. You get, you know, these 21-year-olds out of college make a quarter million dollars being these techies. I guess they have to pay them to do something. So go ahead. Come on. Change, change the font. Change the layout for us. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Don't work in the tech industry. That's for sure. So David DePop, 
David DePoppy looks familiar to me. Probably because I've seen him naked around the Castro. You don't forget people who are naked walking around the streets. David DePop is the alleged attacker, a Berkeley resident who supports Castro and his anti-Christianity. Story disappearing shortly. Yeah, right-wing Trumper. Right-wing Trumper against Christianity, naked Castro protester, Antifa, Berkeley weedhead. Ah, Republican. He's just a Republican. Like 1984, right? Edit all, edit all that stuff out. Put in, edit all the, the, the facts out. Put in Trumper, voted for Trump, right-winger, was part of January 6th, and make it the story. There he goes. There he goes, Orwell twisting in his grave again. Once again. Kyle Becker says they show, they show the photo of the shattered window. And many people are kind of making the point that it looks like it was shattered from the inside. Not the outside, which, of course, would make no sense unless you were doing it as a setup uh, and didn't think very clearly what you were doing. A 46-year-old Berkeley nudist in his underwear <laughs> yielded a hammer, broken the – come on. Nobody's sleeping in our home, San Francisco home without security, tougher to get past and breaking into fucking Langley. Of course not. There's no doubt about it. There's no doubt about it. As Harmie Dillon says, you could not go there with papers to serve. You couldn't get near her d- entrance with a with papers in your hand, let alone papers in your hand at 2 in the afternoon, let alone a hammer naked at 2 in the morning. Oh, we live in such a dumb society, a such a dumb society. There's some more information here. If, if information matters, I'm wasting my time. No one cares. And the suspect happens to have an anti-government manifesto with him just two weeks ahead of a national election. <laughs> and this dangerous assailant, a Berkeley nudist in his underwear, mind you, just walked by security and got all the way to his room. But security doesn't stop it. Not the, not the Secret Service. Come on. And of course, Paul Pelosi expects to make a full recovery. Of course he's going to make a full recovery. I don't think Nancy would kill her poor husband, too win political points. Do you remember the movie Dirty Harry? And the criminal in Dirty Harry? That great fuck great movie, the original Dirty Harry with one of the greatest movie villains ever. And remember he wanted to make it look like Harry beat him up so he hired that black guy to like punch him like 30 times? What do you say? Give me the special. He paid him like $200 for the special. And he like punched him like 30 times, knocked his teeth out. He was all bandaged. And they show this scene of him being taken away. And he, you know, yelling that Harry Callahan had done it. And they, and they turn to Harry Callahan and they say, you know, what do you, did you do this, Harry? And Harry says, no. And they say, well, how can you prove it? He goes, he looks too damn good. Well, that's the same thing that, once again, the guy hires someone. To beat the crap out of him, to set up Dirty Harry, to make it look like he did it. And hey, that happened where? In San Francisco. <laughs> Set in San Francisco. Maybe Nancy got the idea. Maybe Nancy got the idea. But of course, Nancy's not going to make get herself beat up. Her husband might have to take a couple of shots for the team, but she's not going to. Oh my God. Uh. <laughs> Boy, if the, if the if the investigators, if the police detectives and the media here would do their job and found out this was a Smollett thing, you know, goodbye, Nancy. But she knows her career is over anyway. If she handles that, when she hands that gavel over in January, it's over for her. She's done anyway, right? Might as well throw a Hail Mary pass here, right? 
Yeah, did Alexandria Pelosi get any footage of the attacker? Right, Alexandria is the documentary. I said Christine last time. Alexandria, Christine's her other daughter. Alexandria is the documentary filmmaker. And she was the one who was just happened to be at the Capitol on January 6th before anything happened. And then it happens. I mean, look at the coincidence of that. Look, did the media, did the left-wing media talk about that? The odd coincidence? What if that was Trump? And it was, would they have talked? Of course they would have talked about it. No, Nancy was just, she felt something could happen. She had uh, vibes, vibes. And there's another idiotic Pelosi move. If she had her camera crew daughter there, documentary filmmaker, why didn't she beef up security? If she was so sure something was going to happen, that she had her camera crew daughter there filming her, she talks about punching Trump out, why didn't she beef up the fucking security? Maybe Nancy has a problem with security. Oh, these people are so despicable. They're incredibly despicable human beings, these people. They really are. They really are. Look at this left. Look at them. Look at them. Look at her. If this guy was real, he was a lefty. Look at these lefties throwing potatoes and, and tomato soup on, 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 uh, on works of art. These are like, these, this is like total human scum. This really is. This is total human scum. It really is. It's one thing after another with these people. And on the so-called right, there's one day, January 6th, and that's everything. That's everything. Forget all these nutty lefties throwing shit on, on, on works of art, millions, ruining millions of dollars, ruining millions of dollars in artwork. Forget about the summer of 2020. It lasted three, four months of rioting, of buildings, of blocks being incinerated, of cops getting killed, of people getting tortured. Forget all that. Forget it. They deserve to do it because they're in a rage. Oh, they're oppressed. They have a reason for their violence. The right wing has no reason when they get mad. The left wing has a reason. They have reasons. Of course, if that event actually did happen to Nancy Pelosi's house, it once again proves what a shithole San Francisco is. Law, no law, no order. Crime through the roof. Everyone has moved out. Everyone I know. I, I've been here for 10 fucking years. And almost everyone I know has left. Do, you, do, do people who don't live here understand that? Does anyone – let me – is anyone out there who can say in the last 10 years in their hometown of Altoona, Pennsylvania or, or, Bur, or Burlington, Vermont, that almost everyone they know has left? Can anyone say that? Anywhere but here? Maybe New York, but definitely here in San Francisco. Where the blocks are abandoned, where at 9 o'clock on weekends everything's closed, where, every, where 300,000 people are gone, where businesses are, have left or boarded up. What are you, you – it's amazing to me. It's amazing to me. And they don't blame Democrats. They keep voting in the same fucking people. They'll still vote for Nancy Pelosi. They don't care. You know, it could come out between now and November 8th. Of course it won't. That Nancy Pelosi staged this whole thing, and they'll still seventy percent will vote for her. Still, because it's a cult. How many times do I have to say that? It's a cult. And remember, as someone pointed out to me the other day, the first thing a cult tells you is the other people are lying. Right? Isn't that the first thing a cult tells you? The other people are lying. Don't believe them. Believe us. This is true. This is reality. That's what a cult does.
And that's what the cult of Democrat, the Democrat Party cult does. They're all liars. They're all conspirators. They're all tinfoil hat people. They're all evil and violent. This is where this is Valhalla. This is this is reality. This is homeland. This is where we are safe. Our reality that we create here. And that's the cult. That's the cult for you. I just don't believe anything Nancy from Baltimore says. And like I said, that ain't my fault. That's her fault. Like Joe from Pennsylvania, whatever he's from, Connecticut. His fault, not my fault. It's his fault. It's his fault. He says gas was $5 when he took office. It was 234 His fault. I, I can't believe him. He just said today that we have 54 states. Now, that's not him lying. That's him being, you know, having Alzheimer's. But you can't believe one thing he says. His fault. He's the one who he's the one who plagiarized, so he had to drop out of his first presidential election. He's the one who makes up stories about young black guys with switchblades called called popcorn, whatever the fuck his name is. And it's, he, he's the one who makes this crazy shit up. So these are the people you can't believe, but it's their fault. So it's like the boy that cried wolf, right? If something actually does happen, you can't, you don't believe it anymore. Although I don't believe this happened with Pelosi. I believe it's very, 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 very fishy. And I would not, I, I'd say that she, there's, a, there's a decent shot she set the whole thing up. There's a decent shot she set the, she set the whole thing up. Paul, Paul. Um, I know you're home alone. You've nothing better to do. You know, we're we're in really bad shape. Well, it looks like we might lose 70 seats. 70 seats, man. Yes, 70 seats, Paul. We, I, I wouldn't normally ask you to do this, but, you know, the election's in a, a few days and we're in really bad shape. Just, I don't want to lose the gavel. And at least maybe this could help us win a Senate seat so we, we don't lose the Senate. Do you mind, Paul? He goes through the story. No, honey. No problem. God forbid. Would you turn her down if you were a husband? God forbid, imagine saying no to her when she comes back home. When she comes back home after the election and you said no to her. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It might send someone out on the road drunk. Oh, she's just an evil person. She really is. She really is. Yeah, someone just responded to me that the Young Turks with Chenk, Senk, Uger. Oh, yogurt has gone downhill with his trauma. Yeah, TD. Well, everyone's gone downhill with their TDS hysteria. TDS has sent a lot of people, a lot of people to the mental house. Many people. <laughs> I mean, look. It'll fool enough people, right? That's the whole point. I, I know already people who were hook, line, and sinker, it happened. Hook, line, and sinker, it was real. There's nothing fishy about it. Ever, it's exactly as it's being told by the left-wing media. And he's a, he's a right-wing nutcase who wants to kill Democrats, and therefore we should vote for Democrats. This is exactly what they believe. It's exactly what they believe. Because they believe what they want to believe. It's incredibly easy. If there was ever a time where Nancy Pelosi 
could get away with something like this, it's now. Because these people have such Trump derangement syndrome, they will believe anything that she says, they'll believe anything the Democrats say, they'll believe anything the left-wing media says. Everything. Everything. They'll take it all hook, line, and sinker. So if you're going to do it, if there's any election where you can do it and get away with it, it's now. And of course, if Trump runs in 2024 or if DeSantis runs, because the Trump derangement syndrome and the DeSantis derangement syndrome will be off the charts. It'll be off the charts, folks. It's nothing. It's going to be nothing compared to what we're dealing with now. I mean, this, what we're dealing with now will be nothing compared to what's going to happen about a year from now with the TDS and the DDS. So they can get away with anything because pe- these people <laughs> remember these people believe What's so hard? What's so hard to believe that Nancy can do this and get away with it? People will say that. Oh, she can't. Why not? They got away with saying masks stopped the spread of COVID. They got away with saying the vaccine would stop the spread of COVID. They got away with locking people down and saying shelter at home for two years. That'll stop the spread of COVID. They got away with masking children. They got away with not letting kids go to school for two years, having kindergartners do Zoom. Fucking idiots fucking morons that I hate them so fucking much. They got away with all that stuff. So why couldn't they get away with this? They know how gullible their people are. They know how gullible their people are. They know it. This is not a stretch. This is not a stretch at all. It's totally aligned with those things. Not only did they get away with saying the vaccine would stop the spread, but then they get away with saying, oh, get a third booster. That'll stop. A fourth. No, the fifth. They keep doing it. They keep doing it and getting away with it because these people are so fucking stupid. How do you like this light Friday show? How do you like it? I think I might play some smooth jazz. I just wanted to do one of those late night, you know, those late night, those overnight uh, DJs, you know, hello, this is, this is Mike. You're listening to light music on 103.4. <laughs> I guess I, I don't, I don't think I have it in me to do that kind of stuff. A little too banal, <laughs> a, little, a little too banal for my taste. Oh my God. Um, what else is going on this Friday other than this, this Pelosi craziness? What else? What else? What else is happening? <sighs> well, there is the Musk deal. By the way, we shouldn't feel too bad. You know, I had a feeling that the people he fired were going to be making a lot of money regardless. That they had those golden umbrellas, but I didn't realize they'd be making exactly. So the CEO that he fired, he fired I think three people, and the the top one is going to get like a forty five million dollar golden parachute. The others are going to get like $25 million golden parachutes. And of course, Jack Dorsey, I don't necessarily dislike Jack Dorsey, but he's getting a billion dollars out of this deal. One B billion dollars. So let's not shed tears for these people that he let go. It's like normal life where if you and I let go, we have to live on our savings. We have no health care. We have to find a new job. These people will never have to have another job in their life. Never have to worry about income. Never have to worry about health care. So they've made a lot of money off this useless Twitter, and uh, and they're they're probably happy. They're probably happy. Uh, the 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 shareholders are very happy. They're all making tons of money. A lot of people making millions off this deal. He's made a lot of people very wealthy. People who didn't deserve to be wealthy. This 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 company's shit. Twitter. It's not worth anything. So he's made a lot of people wealthy. He wants to make a free speech platform. Hopefully. 
So once again, I'm a hundred percent behind him. I don't think he's done anything wrong. So, but yeah, that's basically the situation. They're, they're making a ton of money on their way out the door. You know, the, the left wing media writes these articles. They were, they were forced out. They were shown the door. They were escorted away. Like these are people making $8 an hour. And now they're, now they're on the unemployment line. These, these idiots in the media, these, these fake news journalists. Then I got to watch to find out they've made all this money. I got to watch Fox, right? And I have to see Steve, which is the Forbes talking about all the money they're making. I couldn't believe it. I could not believe it when he said they were going to have, they were going to make that much money. These people for doing what, what do these people do censor people. The censorship, there are censorship board at Twitter. But, but they basically just pushed the DNC narrative, right? They've pushed the DNC narrative for the last decade plus, And they're making $45 million for that. I mean, that's on their way out. Forget about what they've been making every year and bonuses and all that nonsense. It's really pathetic. The whole thing is pathetic. Who could feel bad for any of these people? Who could feel bad for Nancy Pelosi or Paul Pelosi? Who could feel bad for a woman who says she wants to punch out the president? You know, who who can feel bad for these people who, who made fun of Rand Paul when he was attacked? Why would anyone care about them? Seriously, why would anyone care about her or her husband? It's amazing. People can just be as evil and as vile as they want to be. But when something bad supposedly happens to them, you have to feel bad for them. But why? Why? Through history, we didn't do that, right? Did we feel bad that Hitler killed himself? Well, I don't understand. When, when, when people do bad things to others, when they've cheered on bad things that have happened to others, isn't it karma when bad things happen to them? Am I, is, do I have that wrong? I see that I see the the, the, the hair gel king on TV here. I, I cannot wait till the eighth comes. I'm tired of seeing his his hair gel face, his his slimy face. I can't stand seeing it. His greasy face with that hair gel gopped in his head. With the the nerve to talk about how the Republicans want to take away democracy. How the Republicans want to be uh, authoritarians. This fuck has a, has a right to say that, has the balls to say that after what he did for the last two and a half years, after what he did to 40 million people for two and a half years. He has the right to do commercials saying Republicans want to be authoritarians and take away your freedoms. Now, once again, the only reason why he can do those commercials is because of the cult of Democrat in this state who is so fucking dumb, they buy it. They're so dumb and ignorant, they buy it. In a normal place, with normal people who could think, have a brain, he couldn't run spots like that. They might show up at his place one night with a hammer. But here, he can do it. I'm sure he has security, though, right? Yeah, yeah Newsom has security, but Pelosi doesn't. Yeah, right. The governor of California has security, but the Speaker of the House... For 100 years has no security. Yeah, okay. And they believe it. And they believe it. But he can get away with those commercials here simply because of his audience. You know, if you're, if you're a bad comic, if you're a bad performer, but you know your audience doesn't care, if you know your audience has no culture, if your audience has no taste, you can get away with being a bad comic or a bad performer. And that's like Gavin Newsom. His, no, his audience has no taste. His audience has no intelligence. 
So he can get away with this. He can get away with doing these ridiculous commercials. I want to put my foot through the television. But I know I'm not actually kicking him in the face. If I thought I was kicking him in his stupid face, I would do it. But of course, I'd only be destroying my own television. Uh, the, the man is so vile. I know I'm talking mostly, maybe all, to the converted. I understand it. I get it. Pre preaching to the choir. What other... But you know, look, it's, it's, it's tough. It's like living. I want you to sympathize with me if you don't live in California. I want you to feel empathy for me because this is very tough living here. It's very tough. You're living in, in an insane asylum, basically. You're living in, in a crazy house with the crazy people thinking they're normal and you're nuts. And that's very tough. That's right. It's tough to do that. It's tough to go into a crazy house as a visitor and even to spend an hour or two there, right? If you're visiting somebody or taking a walk around, but living in it constantly, 24 7, 365, is incredibly tough physically, emotionally, psychologically, all of those things. I know those of you who live in California can, can sympathize with me, especially those of you who live in, let's say, Los Angeles. Or San Francisco, you can you can sympathize with what I'm saying. You really can. But you're reminded of it every moment here. You walk out in the street, and there's a schmuck in a mask. You walk out at you know in a street. You walk down downtown, and no one's there. It's empty. You're you're out on Saturday night at nine o'clock, and everything's closing up. So you're constantly reminded of how shitty it is here. You're constantly reminded of how crazy it is here. I was at the gym yesterday. And there were three people working out around me, and all of them had masks. There were three people around me, and they all had masks. They were not together. They didn't know each other. Understand that? And they all had masks on. This is such a sick place. I know if you live in Texas or Florida, you don't know what I'm talking about. Because you probably have never seen that. You certainly haven't seen it for the past year and a half. But it's true. I swear I'm not lying. I don't, I don't make the, I'm not like Nancy Pelosi. I don't make these crazy stories up. I'm telling you the truth. I go into a movie theater and 30, 40 percent of the people are wearing masks still, still. And you know, if they're wearing masks in October of 22, they're going to wear it all through the fall and all through the winter. So they're probably still wearing these masks in March or April of 2023. They're going to be wearing masks more than three years, more than three years after the beginning of the lockdowns. Think about that. More than three years. I've said this before. People were not wearing masks. We know this from history. They were not wearing masks in 2021, uh, 2021, in 1921, 1920. They were not wearing masks anymore. Long before that, they stopped wearing them with a, with a, with a flu that killed, you know, 10, 15, 20 times more people, depending on the country. Why? Why weren't they still wearing them three years later? Well, there wasn't the media. There wasn't Gavin Newsom. There wasn't Nancy Pelosi. There wasn't the social media. There wasn't the fear and constant fear and hysteria mongering. There might have been a, a newspaper here and there, but they stopped covering the flu. So it, it, it's all that. It's basically the media and the politicians. It's the media and the politicians that we have now that we didn't have to, we didn't have a hundred years ago. It's funny, we, we, we existed without all this. Why do we need it? 
Why do we need it? It's just evil. It's bad. It makes people do stupid things, act like idiots. But this is where I live. And it's very difficult. Okay, you can all stop crying for me now. We'll we'll go on to the next thing. But I'm going to keep on reporting on this until I start seeing people act normally here. I was at a I'm say, I was at a restaurant last night. Restaurant last night. And see if this makes any sense to you. I want you to try to make this sense. The maitre d' at the restaurant had a mask on. The servers did not, the maitre d'. So the servers who interact with the food and more people than the maitre d' does had no mask, but the maitre d' had masks. So every time the maitre d' came over to my table, I wanted to throw up. And it wasn't like a fun mask. You know, it wasn't like Kathy Hochul said, oh, there's so many cute masks kids can wear. It wasn't a cute mask. It was a medical, it was one of those medical masks, you know, the blue ones. What's on those things, by the way? Is it safe to breathe the stuff that's been sprayed on those things? What is, what is that? What are those things made of? I feel like I shouldn't be like putting that near my nose, especially for like eight hours a day for three years. But anyway, she had one of those medical masks that make you think that you're in a fucking emergency. It makes you think you landed in an emergency room and you're looking up at the doctor or the nurse. When I'm trying to have my $120 fucking San Francisco slop food meal. $120, and I got to look up and see someone with a mask that makes me think I'm at fucking St. Vincent's or St. Francis Hospital. You see what I'm saying about here? You don't have to deal with that if you're in Texas. You don't have to deal with that and you're in Florida. You have to deal with that if you're in Idaho. You have to deal with that if you're in Nebraska. You have to deal with that if you're in, if, if you're in Utah. You have to deal with that if you're in South Carolina. But you got to deal with it here. And we pay a lot more money than you do to live here. Like I said, it was like a it was like we how it was like nothing. We had nothing to eat. There were two of us, and it was like one hundred and forty dollars. The two of us, two people, we had nothing to eat basically. One hundred and forty bucks, and I got to look at the maitre d with a mask on. No, oh, if I were king of the castle, they would be illegal. They would be illegal. You would get fined for wearing them. Of course, I ran on that here in San Francisco. I'd get about three and a half votes. These women here are so fucking insane. Starting with this, the Speaker of the House and her fakakta husband. Sure, the guy is caught drunk driving twice, right? Which means, like I said, he's probably done it 20, 30 times. Is, there, is it really a stretch? He's 82. He's married to her. Is it a marriage of convenience like the Clintons? Does he, when she's in D.C., does he have, is he bisexual? Does he have men over? Does he need to get his, does he need to get his jollies off somehow? Did it go wrong? That's also a possibility, right? It's a possibility that he was there getting paid as an escort. And it's also a possibility that Nancy paid him to do this. Those are two very distinct possibilities. They're like real possibilities. Remember, when, when, when people said that about Jesse Smollett, they were saying, oh, you're racist, you're a conspiracy theorist. No, it was real. It was absolutely exactly as he said. Well, it wasn't. People do these things for gain. He did it, what, for – once again, and you're trying to get in the head of a, of a person – we're thinking as normal people who wouldn't do those things. So you have to try to get in the head of a crazy person and say, why would they do it? Well, fame, celebrity, your, your career is – okay, with Jesse, it was his career was kind of dwindling and he wanted to get his name out there again, right? That's the general consensus. Well, Nancy Pelosi's career is dwindling. She's going to lose the gavel. Listen to me. 
Democrats are going to have the biggest beating, possibly the biggest beating in, in, in our lifetime with her at the helm. Tough, tough stuff to live with, huh? Need a little boost? It's not a stretch. Boop. Not a stretch. Call me, what's his name? The conspiracy guy who just lost the, the billion dollar court case. Alex Jones. Call me Alex Jones if you want. I don't care. It's all a real possibility, but there'll be no journalists doing any investigation. There'll be no police here investigating. You think the journalists here or the police here are going to investigate Nancy Pelosi for a Jesse Smollett? They're not going to do it. Come on. It is what it is. It is what she said it was. It is what they say it was. And that's the end of it. That's the end of the story. I don't trust her. I don't trust her at all. So I'm going through my Twitter feed, just looking for some other things to add. I'm going to do a couple of film reviews in a few minutes here to end the show. But if anyone wants to call in, the app was updated now, so it's all fancy here. If you want to call in and go in the caller queue, if you want to talk about anything. Oh, there there we go. Okay, one second. But someone said, this is very important information before I get to Vlad. This is everyone needs to hear this. Someone who we all know did did 200 chin-ups and 400 dips in 57 minutes, 20 chin-ups and 40 dips at a time in each of 10 sets, 65 years old. Yep, I'm bragging, he says. A mind or body is a terrible thing to waste. I tell you, that's big news. That's bigger than the Pelosi news. Who is it? Who is that person? Maybe we'll, maybe we'll, maybe we'll figure it out by the end of the show. Hey, Vlad, how are you? Vlad, I'm trying to hang in. It's getting tougher and tougher. It's sick out there and getting sicker, Vlad. Well, one thing to say, you, you know, this is all a hoax. You know, the, we're in the elections. I'm working the elections this week. I started. Um, I'm going. I got the training done right here in California. You well know, Mike, two weeks, basically, of election. People don't vote the first 10 days. But I tell people, don't let that be a discouragement. Please show up. Voter links, it's going to be counted. Um, technology wise, I could tell you it's honest. Okay, so you you work you work the election day, yeah. I, I work all 11 days. I started today, today was my first day. Remember, I, I mentioned a couple of days, uh, maybe last week. So on Monday, I went to training, which I don't really need the training, it's like I know this shit by heart. Uh, but it's legally, I have to go through the training, you know, repeat same shit, but it's good, it's good you know, relearn what I already know. But uh, today was the official day. Uh, I was at the call center with about maybe 200 other, 250 other people, give or take. The majority doing the same job as I do. Uh, it could be quite boring. So tomorrow, as, as uh, this picks up, I take maybe two, three books. So I have something to read because they don't allow us to use technology, you know, tablets, computer, anything like that. Not even our phones. Well, you mean on election uh, day, on election, you mean when people are voting any, at any time people are voting? Well, the, the call center is much different than the actual precinct. Uh, the precinct, I, I would have more liberty, but you know, I have a lot of people to deal with there. And I, yeah, really sure. Start, no, I, you know, I get it. I understand. Sure. So yeah. with COVID and all that shit still, lingering around you know yeah of course so of course. this thing going with the pelosi thing if you know like i do it's a hoax yeah you think this is just happened by coincidence some quack nut 
uh, Charlie Manson style comes out and attacks her husband. Which, by the way, I don't blame. I'm, I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not here to defend the perpetrator, but I don't blame Paul Pelosi if he's gay or bi or whatever with a woman like Nancy. Exactly. You can't. It, it, you, you really can't. You, you, you can't cannot, blame. You can't blame him. He's no, you gotta, can't fault he, him for know. trying to get whatever he can while she's gone, right? Exactly. So this guy has had history, like you said, many arrests, uh, pullovers, which of course, because she's. Uh, up there in Congress, you know, House of Representatives, they let him go easily without a problem. It's all control. Yeah. Uh, you know, the San Francisco PD or whoever runs sheriffs, they'll, they'll let him off the hook quickly. You know, he's untouchable. Yeah. But th- this is kind of obvious that this quack nut nudist, uh, the poppy, the poppy, something like yeah, that, yeah, yeah, ha- had yeah. a history. They're trying to make him into some kind of Trump supporter nudist. That just doesn't fit the the profile for a conservative. We don't have nudists. nudists <laughs> nothing. Nothing left. about his profile says 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 Republican or Trump supporter. Exactly. <laughs> you know the, the, the guy's off his rockers. He just went at him, and yeah. they're, they're gonna they're gonna use that. In bullshit. fact, everything about his profile says Fetterman supporter. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, and and you know, Mike, it, it's sad that she has to go so low to the point where. She has to have this set up, which is kind of obvious. Again, a Hegelian dialectic problem, you, you know, problem, reaction, solution. Yeah. So they, they make this story in order right now. We're, we're, we're less than two weeks away from November 8th, where everybody's yeah. going to go and vote. So they're so desperate. The Democrats. Look, this would so be fishy if it happened at any other time of the year, but right before an election exactly. in which a party's about to get annihilated. Jesus Christmas, and and not one person even. No, I didn't hear one person even bring that. I, when I say one person, I mean anyone in the so-called mainstream left media, fake news media. Not one of them has said this is a, a weird time for this to happen. Weird, weird time, weird time. I mean, not even saying it was a set up or made up, but just to say this is an odd time for it to happen. An odd, an odd, a couple of really odd coincidences, Vlad. That it happens 11 days before an election where her party is going to get destroyed and she's losing her gavel at 80 years old. And and that he supposedly said the same words that the January 6th protesters said, where's Nancy? The exact same phrase that the January 6th protesters said when they broke in, where's Nancy? And I don't understand, is he on camera saying that? Did Paul Pelosi, because the only witness to those words that moment would have been Paul Pelosi, right? So is Paul Pelosi saying that happened? And if Paul Pelosi is saying that happened, how can we believe that Paul Pelosi heard that? Exactly. Another thing, too, is what are they going to have now? Extra security for the Pelosi's? Kind of like what they did right after the January 6th riots. So now it's going to be a taxpayer expense, extra security to protect Paul Pelosi, just like his wife. Nancy well, that's Pelosi. another problem. That's another fishy thing. She has... Forget about added, adding security. She has incredible security. There are like three different law enforcement that, that protect her place. Like like Harmie Dillon said, you couldn't even go up there to serve papers, let alone with a right. hammer naked at two in the morning. Vlad, none of it makes any sense. It doesn't make of any course, sense. Of course, this is all fixed, so we can feel sorry for them. And guess what? It's election. Let's, let's take it out on the Republicans. So it's all been set up. It's pure bullshit. They, they, they want to do a repeat of a mini repeat personal of January 6th, which is bullshit. The, the guy, the quack, has nothing to do with conservatives. 
Right. This is what this. Right, that's what they want. They want to say, oh, look at these crazy right-wingers. They break into the Capitol. Oh, crazy right-wingers. They're breaking into Democratic representatives' homes. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. They're taking over the world. We can't vote for them. And then right, 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 basically a couple of days from, from the election. So they're, they're desperate. They're desperate. They know very well, for example, over in Philadelphia, Fetterman's going to lose. Did you hear the debate, Mike? I'm pretty sure you heard the debate. Of course. That was, that was horrible. Yeah. Dr. Oz is kind of the is. He owned him. Fetterman is not right. He's like Biden part two. Well, uh, another, another good conspiracy theory is the Democrats placed him there to make Biden look competent. Yeah, that's another one. So, you know, yeah. but then again, right after that, Biden claims there was five dollar gas when he took over when there was two dollar gas. And then he claims today there are 54 states. I don't think I don't think uh, I don't think anything can make Biden look better at this point. I just really hope people go out there. I'm going to put in my my mailing ballot because it's difficult when I'm working the call center or precinct to, to, to vote. The precinct's not a problem because I could vote there. But at the call center, it's not. We have the machines, but I can't vote. Uh, I would have to literally go in early. So I'm just going to mail in my stuff or turn it into one of the precincts early before I go to work. And just get this over with. I'm serious. Yeah, just get it over with. Exactly. Yeah. I, this is I, what I, I encourage everybody, please, day. if yeah. you're in California or wherever, whatever state you are, go out and vote. Use that. That's what our founding fathers gave us. And we have the freedom. Let's use it still before it totally becomes fraudulent, like in other states. And let's use it against these. Start, stop voting for trashy politicians from the Democrat Party, you know, and start voting Republicans, Trump hopefully Trump supporting Republicans, the ones that think different, the ones that do have the the spine and the gonads to go out against, you know, bad politicians and really want to restore their country, you know? Yes. That's what we got to look at. People that yeah. have spine and gonads to go out there and challenge, whether it's the type like Marjorie Taylor Greene, as distasteful as she might be to people, you know what? She's in your face. We need people like that, you know? We don't need AOCs, I'm sorry. She might be no, cute, but you, of but course, you know what, of course what she not. does, of course but what she does is not cute. She's a stupid woman. We don't need the squad. We need people that love the country, former veterans, you know, the military, ex-military people like Tulsi. You know, that's just my, I know she left the Democrat, but she, I always follow Tulsi. It's something I liked about her, not only because she was attractive, but the woman was smart and she loved her country. We need oh, people Tulsi's that great. love Tulsi's the country. Great. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and, and the ability, the, and the ability know, and, to take and it, and the ability what, to take it, take it information, and understand that her party that she once was part of isn't the same anymore. Exactly, it's become exactly a crazy. What, what Reagan but, yeah, said. It's a crazy I never left a, I never left the Democrat Party. Is the party left me? The party yeah. left me. That's what, what our great, uh, you know, Republican president, who's now with God, said very right. clear. I never left the Democrat Party. It left me. That's why no, he's not, but, he wasn't able to identify. But the cult tells you, Vlad, that you must always be part of that party, no matter what. And you can never vote for the other party because they're evil. And they'll always be more evil than your party. See, that's what the cult tells you. That's what the cult tells you. You cannot leave your party. If you leave your party, you are a uh, turncoat. You're a loser. You're corrupt. It's, you know, these people are so fucking dumb to believe this stuff. Really or, or in the words of Biden, if you don't vote for me, you're not black. Right, you're Remember not black. That? Yeah, you're not black. Right. 
Right, exactly. If you don't vote for me, you're not black. If you don't vote for me, you're not Latino. You know, and uh, these people, luckily, Vlad, these people, I know I talk about a lot of negative things and cynical things, but I think African-Americans, Latinos are, are starting to wake up, aren't they? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I'm and happy realize, to hear that. They've been, used. A, they've been used. Yeah. You know, whether it's, it's Trump or DeSantis, we need someone that really loves the country. It will change. But I'm hoping for DeSantis, but if it's a combination of both or one or the other, let it be. We just need to fix the United States uh, against all the interests that wants to put us down and wants to make us part of the global government. That's bullshit. We're a free nation. We fought to be a free nation, and we should respect that tradition. Anyway, Mike, you know, I yes. love talking to you, but I got to get going. I got to go to sleep because I got to wake up at six. I'll see hey, you and have a hey, great night, my friend. The, thanks for doing the election work. That's good work. Thank, Thank you, you man. for that. Yeah. And people, go out there and vote, especially if you're in California. Please do not put an excuse. We have 11 days. 10 days. 11 days. We'll 11, days. 11 days. That's right. right. 10 days. All right. Thanks. Thanks, Vlad. And we will talk again soon. We'll talk again soon. Okay. All right. So let's see if that worked. Like, unlike last night where, yeah, it looks like it did. Okay. Looks like they updated the, updated the app. Hey, David Sachs, if you're listening, stop updating the app. It's fine. You don't need to update the app anymore. How many times you have to update an app? I don't even know what goes into creating an app. Does anyone out there know what goes into creating an app? Um, yeah, so it, what's really amazing is that is that the we're, we're at a time where, where people just, if they want to take something on the surface, they will, right? Nancy's telling the truth. 100% true. But when it comes to, let's say, January 6th, the surface, then we have to look beneath the surface, right? No, no, it wasn't just a, it wasn't just a bunch, it wasn't just 100, 200 crazy, you know, that rabid people who got out of hand, a rally, a protest that got out of hand, and they did something they shouldn't have done. No, no, that's not it. There's so much, no, we have to go deeper. We have to, we have to go deeper. This is a conspiracy. Trump started it, and it goes into the deepest parts of the government, and we must weed out these horrible insurrectionists. So it's not just a, a couple hundred people who went crazy and did the wrong thing for a couple of hours and, 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 and created some uh, uh, damage within the state capital. That, that's not what it was. It was so much more than that. But when Nancy Pelosi says something like this happened, when the police say this is what happened, when the journalists here say this is what happened, that's it. There's nothing to question. No, don't look, don't look beneath the surface. Take it at face value, and that's that. So that's the, that's the other double standard we get. That's the other double standard we get. And believe me, the reality is just the opposite. The Pelosi thing is incredibly fishy. Nothing makes sense. And the January 6th thing is exactly what it was. It's exactly what it was. A protest that went bad. It happens. You see, it happened for four months during the summer of 2020. The George Floyd protests. Those were supposed to be peaceful, right? They were supposed to be about George Floyd and getting justice. And they went crazy. They got out of hand. And people got violent and it went on way too long and people and bad things happened. So that's exactly what January 6th was. But it was one day, not four months. But no, we must we must look beneath the surface. We have to have hearings. We have to have hearings to this. Uh, it happened for something happened one day, a couple hundred people. We have to have hearings and hearings and hearings and decide how it happened and how we can stop it again. But when it's their side, when it's the Democrats side. There's no looking beneath the surface. Take it all at face value. Yeah, Pelosi's heavily guarded home was broken into by a naked guy at two in the morning with a hammer who wanted to 
hurt Paul Pelosi and was looking for Nancy. Absolutely. Absolutely. And yelled, where's Nancy? And it happened right before the election. And that's just the way it is. Can drive you crazy, can it? Drives me crazy. But at least we have Elon, Elon Musk. Evidently, Elon says he's going to, from what I understand. And, you know, he, he, he writes a lot of sarcastic things. Sometimes I don't know if he's being serious or not. I think he was serious. Maybe he wasn't. He said something about setting up a board, which is going to decide about, you know, in, in, decide what is acceptable or not on Twitter. But it's going to be a, a very diverse board of people with different opinions. I don't know if that was true or not. I have no idea. But he's actually taking a lot of suggestions from people as well about how to run things. Um, so I don't know exactly what's going to happen over the next few months there. But uh, it looks like it, it, it's ho- hopefully heading in the right. It's hopefully heading in the right direction. Okay, let's see what else. It's Friday. Anything else that we want to talk about? We got Pelosi in. We got the the. the uh, Oh, let's take a quick look. I want to do more of this. I'll do a lot of it next week. Because next week, isn't this crazy? Next week is the last full week before the election. Next week is our last full week of shows before the big election. So we'll do more of this uh, poll looking, poll watching. And uh, let's see how the Supreme Court could overturn it. All right. So according to 538, the latest projection is... Republicans are going to win the House easily, and the Senate is uh, looking – well, the Senate is still kind of a toss-up, but Democrat, Republicans are gaining is what it looks like. Yeah, yeah, Republicans are gaining. And Real Clear Politics still says Republicans are going to get 53. That seems to be the consensus now between 52 and 54 if the polls are accurate, and that seems right to me. Yeah, that seems right to me. Um, so that's basically the latest. That's basically the latest information on the. This is five thirty-eight. I'm looking for. Uh, it looks like, and it really, DeSantis is going to destroy. DeSantis is going to destroy Charlie from the crypt. So that's good. Send them back to the crypt. He's had fifteen, fourteen points in the latest poll. Fourteen points in the latest. I wouldn't be surprised if he won by twenty. Remember, the polls had him losing to Gillum last time, and he won. So let's see. They've underestimated the Republican turnout in Florida. Now it's even bigger than it used to be with all the people switching over and the new Republican registrations there. So that's looking like a huge win. And the bigger the win, the better for DeSantis, right? Gives him the tail, the uh, headwind, tailwinds, tailwind, winds between the winds beneath his wing going into 2024. Okay. So we'll look at during the week. Well, I'll look at this more. We'll see how this changes come Monday, if anything happens over the weekend. But right now, it's really I don't think this is going to change much. I really don't. I think the Democrats are going to win 25 to 45 seats in the House. And I think they'll take the Senate by two or three seats. And I wouldn't be surprised if it's even bigger, especially the House. I wouldn't be surprised if the Democrats really, you know, uh, win almost all the races that are very tight in the house. I think it's going to be a pretty big, uh, a pretty big victory. I think it's DeSantis said this on Fox. He was doing a town hall thing with, with uh, Sean Hannity. And he said, he said, if we really do what we have to do over the next 10 days and don't take anything for granted, it could be the best midterm in our lifetime. And I think that's true. 
I think it will be the best midterm for Republicans. Not if you're a Democrat, then it's going to be the worst. Ah, okay. Yeah. So I, 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 you know, I really look, there are, there are models. If you look at 538 that show Republicans getting to 57, that's going to be hard to believe. I mean, I think they have to win every one of them, right? Yeah. I think they have to win every one to get to 57, but there are several models that say they're going to get to 53. You see, when you look at 51, 52, 53, that's the majority of models. So good things can happen. Like I said, you got to get out there. I don't believe the nonsense from two years ago that don't do early vote. You have to do early voting. If you're not going to vote on election day, you have to do early voting. It's very important. Remember, the last thing you want is a repeat of 2020, where on election day, Republicans win all these things. They're winning. And then as days go by, five, six days later, the Democrats win. You don't want that again. Do early voting. Do early voting. It's very important. If it's available, you should do it. It will negate the gains the Democrats get from early voting. Because we know Republicans will win on the 8th. On election day, Republicans are going to win big. But you want to negate the advantage Democrats have with early voting because their voters think it's legitimate and Republicans think it's not legitimate. So just get out there and do it, okay? Because for the most part, it's, it, your vote's going to count. Your votes are going to count. Your votes will count. Whether other votes are added, I don't know. But, but your vote's going to count if you vote in the early voting by mail. So just do it. Get out there and do it. Okay. So there's any... I'm going to do a kind of a last call. Well, you can call in anytime you want. I was going to do a last call for calls tonight, but you could do, you can, you can call in now or as I'm talking. I saw a couple of uh, movies that I want to talk. If you have uh, no plans for the weekend, there's a couple of movies that I, I highly recommend. We're getting into that Oscar season now. And I, I saw uh, two movies that I really recommend. And they're both really good. They both have something in common is that they're very good character films. If you like, if you're most people like character films, these two films are for you. The first one is called Tar. And this is by Todd Field, who directed In the Bedroom. He's also Todd Field, also one of my favorite actors. He was actually the piano player in Eyes Wide Shut. If you remember the piano player, the cabaret guy who gives Tom Cruise the secret word, that's Todd Field. And he's become a really good director as well uh, since the late 90s when he did Eyes Wide Shut. Um, <clears throat> and he's learned a lot from working with Stanley Kubrick. His films, I believe he's learned a lot from Stanley Kubrick. Um, so uh, Tar is about a composer. And Kate Blanchett plays this composer. It's not a real person. It's so well done. And she's such a great actress. You would think this is actually a real person. But it's not based on a real person. But, you know, she's a composer. She lives in New York. She's from New York. She now lives in Berlin. And she composes. And she's one of the top composers in the world. And as the film opens, she's being interviewed on a stage. You know, she's this this in front of an audience of, 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 of her fans. And she's... Uh, her name is Lydia Tarr. And... As you're watching the film, the first half hour, 45 minutes, some people find it hard to watch because it's very particular about the world of music and com composition, okay? So you're really kind of learning. 
about music and composition. So it's, it's almost like a, a, a tutorial in a way. Uh, in fact, there's one scene at the beginning, like I said, when she's on stage and she's talking to everyone, she's doing this conference, it's almost like 20 minutes long where she's talking about really the particulars, the composition. But Kate Blanchett is such a great actress, you don't see Kate, you actually believe she's some great composer because she's talking about music and composition so specifically and so well. I mean, Kate Blanchett to me is, is really one of the best actors out there. But as the film goes on, you see that this great composer whose world renowned has a lot of personal flaws. Uh, she's lesbian. And you see that, uh, you know, the way in the past men have used their position, mixing personal stuff. We talked about this yesterday, right? Mixing personal stuff with, with, with their professional life uh, and maybe giving the advantage. Let's say for someone like Kevin Spacey, giving advantages to men he might like, giving them positions and the, that other, and, and, you know, that, uh, in the orchestra that may go to other people who are more talented. Well, we see that happening here with, with, with this character that she probably, that she has given women in the past who she might like, uh, positions where they should have gone to other people and how her personal life has really, has really worked into her professional life. And there's one woman in, in, in particular who she, had some kind of an issue with. We never know exactly what the issue was, but there's some woman who was supposedly an up-and-coming musician who Kate Blanchett didn't like, didn't get along with for some reason, had some personal issues with, and basically ruined her career. That's what we find out. She ruined her career, and this woman commits suicide about halfway through the film. And from that point on, it's like a, a downfall as we find out more about her and how she has schemed and how her personal proclivities for certain women have come into her professional life and really end up ruining her. This is a really great character film. Like I said, you have to really enjoy well thought out. It's long as two and a half hours, but it's really worth it because Kate Blanchett is, it totally commands the film. Okay. She totally commands the film. You believe 100% that she is this world renowned conductor. And what Todd Field does is really shows us a, a, a flawed person, but we never hate her. We don't adore her. We don't hate her. We're just simply watching as her career spirals downward and she becomes an outcast in the world of, uh, in the world of, of music. And uh, it's, it's actually really quite devastating because we're seeing a real talented person whose flaws, her fundamental flaws in her personal life, really lead to her downfall. But it must, if you like really great drama, really great acting, a really great character film, character-driven, um, that gives us a really believable, fully fleshed-out person, which so films do these days, then Tar is for you. I highly recommend Tar, and I think Kate Blanchett will probably, no, probably, <clears throat> she'll, uh, she'll get an Oscar nomination. Okay, and the next one, the next one, um, slightly more... I'd say commercial, but not totally commercial. Is uh, let me get, let me. I just want to get, make sure I'm on uh, the, the benches. You know, when I was younger, and I did film reviews on WABC Radio in New York, I was like 19, 20, 21. I would actually write out a script. I would write out a script and I'd read it. You know, I, I read well. It didn't sound like I was. But I would write out a script like people read off a teleprompter on TV. I don't like doing that anymore. I just like talking extemporaneously because I, I, I have the time now. When I was on radio doing this, I had like five to eight minutes. Sometimes I was reviewing three or four movies in five to eight minutes. And so I, I had to make sure. I wanted to make sure I got everything in and I, I scripted it out. Now that I have as much time as I want, 
I don't have to really worry about that. So this is all off the top of my head. I don't script anything out. I don't take any notes. Um, the Banshees, okay, I'm getting, The Banshees of Anishirin is uh, a film uh, starring Colin Farrell, the great Colin Farrell, and the even greater Bre Brendan Gleeson. Um, and it takes place <clears throat> in a small island off Ireland, off the coast of Ireland in 1923. I believe, during the Irish Civil War. And so the Irish Civil War, this is a, not a real island, by the way, it's a made-up island, but it's an island off the coast of Ireland and, and across the water, beautiful scenery, by the way, across the water is the mainland and there's a war going on there and you can hear it. You can hear the, the gunshots and the cannon fire going off in the Irish Civil War. But on this island, which has not yet <clears throat> been touched by the, by the Civil War, live, uh, you know, a very small, like a couple hundred people. It's a very small island, you know, one of these islands where uh, there's, a, there's a basically a, a store where you buy food in a pub. And, of course, the pub is where everyone hangs out at night. And uh, Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson are two friends, two lifelong friends. And as the film opens, Colin Farrell uh, does his usual routine of walking from his house along the the road to Brendan Gleeson's house where he meets Brendan Gleeson and they usually go to the pub together. But this one day he gets to Brendan Gleeson's house and Brendan Gleeson just doesn't answer the door. He's sitting there. He can see him through the window sitting in his house, doesn't answer the door. So Colin Farrell wonders what the hell's going on, goes to the pub. And a little bit later, Brendan Gleeson arrives at the pub and Colin Farrell talks to him. And Brendan Gleeson says, I simply don't want to be your friend anymore. I don't want to talk to you anymore. And, of course, Colin Farrell, he's taken aback. He doesn't understand. He wonders, did I do something to you? Is there anything I did to you? I can't remember doing it. Did I do something to you when I was drunk last night? And as Brendan Gleeson pretty much says to him, no, you didn't do anything to me. I just don't want to be your friend anymore. I don't want to talk to you anymore. Leave me alone. So the film is basically about this lifelong friendship. Now, we never saw any of that. That's where we come in at the beginning. And, of course, now Brendan Gleeson does not want to be friends we don't, at first, we don't, he doesn't give any explanation. Later on in the film, he does give an explanation. And it has a lot to do with the fact that he is tired of just nonsense conversation. Colin Farrell is a little bit of a dull character in the film. And, you know, he's just a regular Irish bloke in 1923 on this small island. And his conversation is usually pretty banal, about banal things like, you know, what his mule ate the following the, the day before and stuff like that. And you have an idea that these guys usually probably had just this friendly, banal conversation day after day after day. And Brendan Gleeson says he's gotten to the point in his life. Um, he, he actually composes music as well, believe it or not. He composes music and plays the fiddle. And he says, I've gotten to the point in my life now where I don't want that banal conversation anymore taking up my life. I want peace and solace and I want to be able to write my music and I'm tired of our stupid conversations. That's basically where it goes. So the film is basically about this friendship that has um, fractured and the two men, how they deal with it. And the fact that Colin Farrell really has trouble dealing with it, he takes it personally. He takes it personally. Is it, is it something about me? Is it something about me that's making him do this? And Brendan Gleeson keeps telling him, it is nothing about you. It's just, I want peace and quiet. That's all I want now is peace and quiet. The two performances, once again, this is one of those films where if not for the two performances, not just the two of them, but also... Colin Farrell's sister, played by Kerry Condon, and uh, Barry Kagan, um, who plays kind of like the the uh, 
uh, I don't want to call him the town retard, but kind of. He's a, the, the, dullest, the dullest character in town who has a father who's a cop who beats him. Um, the performances are, are absolutely fantastic. But what it really is about, it's really almost like a Greek tragedy on, uh, you know, uh, on this Irish Ireland, on this Irish island, and how these two men, how, how their relationship what it meant to each of them, and what not having that relationship means, and the solace, and basically the idea of living on this island where there's really nothing to do except, except you know, go to a pub every night and hang out at the pub, and how that kind of isolation uh, can get to someone, how that idea of that isolation and loneliness, and how that can be exacerbated when you no longer have your best friend to share that with anymore and it's about the male ego and 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 masculinity and and uh uh and, and the idea that the, the these these two men meant so much to each other at one point and now that has been taken away and how each of them deal with it especially colin farrell who has much tough a much tougher time being with himself than brendan gleason brendan gleason has no problem being with himself being with his music composing where where colin farrell is is, is so lonely and isolated and doesn't have that to take up his time and he has more time to think about how this reflects on him personally brendan gleason very interesting in an interview when they said, how did you get to the point of this character where he just tells his best friend, you know, I'm done with you. He said he thought about when he was a young person, he had a relationship with a woman and it wasn't working out and that he had to break it off. And the idea that when we do those kinds of things, we often, it's too, we're not, we're not uh, blunt enough. We, we draw it out. We don't want to hurt the other person's feelings. And so that just makes things worse in the end. So he thought about the idea of just saying, that's it. I'm done with you. I don't want you in my life as how to basically, you know, get to this character. And it's that kind of an idea when, when people break up with you, you think, is it me? Is it something I say? Is it, is it, does it reflect on me and my ego? And that's how this film kind of, kind of plays out, but it's incredibly lyrical. It's also, it's it, it, like I said, it's almost like a Greek, a Greek tragedy. And it also, once again, the, the two performances are so fantastic. These two guys, remember, they were together as partners in a film called In Bruges. The director, Martin Madonna's first film, where they, where they played, uh, where they played uh, basically mobsters. And so they have a great chemistry. The two actors have a great chemistry together. Um, and it, it really is, it, it makes you think about the idea of isolation and sadness and being with oneself and, and what friendship means and what, it, what part it plays in our lives. Um, and of course, the incredible scenery of this island, this, 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 this isolated island with a war going on in the background and basically playing out with the relationship between these, these two men. Um, uh, it, it really is, it's incredibly pensive. It's one of those films where you think about it a lot after you see it. You think about what it really meant. It's almost like very allegorical. Uh, I think you've seen maybe in the trailers, if you've seen them, that there's one point where Brendan Gleeson says to him, you're not getting it. If you talk to me, every time you talk to me, I'm going to go home, get my shears out, and cut off one of my fingers. And every time you do that, I'm going to cut another finger off. Uh, let's just say, I don't want to give it away, but you know, Colin Farrell doesn't take his advice and can't seem to stay away from him. And so you're thinking about that and you're like, well, and like I said, in reality, would someone be able to cut their fingers off? Would they survive with all their fingers cut off? And there's, there's, there's a point in the film where Brendan Gleeson, well, I have to give it away, is walking around without any of his fingers. <laughs> and you're thinking, well, of course, in reality, someone wouldn't be able to do that. They would pass out. So a lot of this is very allegorical and you have to go with it. 
And if you don't go with it, you're going to have a problem. But I think the director, Martin McDonough, makes it very easy to go with it, suspend belief in those areas, and uh, makes it worth suspending your belief. And it's just really incredibly lyrical film. Um, and it's something we don't get much these days. You don't get many films that are about allegory, that are, that are allegorical, that aren't taken, you, you just can't take it totally, you know, literally, in a literal fashion, and have to suspend your belief. And, it, and it, like I said, in the end, it makes it, it, makes it worth your while. Uh, I think it's a, it's a great film. Uh, it's, uh, it's probably, it could be the best I've seen so far this year and the two performances are fantastic they'll both they'll both get oscar nominations as will as will barry barry cogan um if you've seen the film the killing of a sacred deer that was also with colin farrell that's the film also with barry cogan who plays uh basically the young guy in that film um and in that film he's a young man of, of great confidence and fury and in this film he's not confident at all he's a, a a young guy who's very insecure has never had a girlfriend and um basically is uh is kind of a very tragic character and he is such a big part of this film and holding the film together another great performance they're all great all all, all the top performances are great they'll all they'll probably all get oscar nominations so if you want to see two films that in the end are just great character films character driven films i i i recommend the banshees of Inisherin and tar two really good films to take us away from politics to take us away from pelosi's nonsense and all that stuff and i do want to reveal one thing which is that guy who i said on twitter talked about how many push-ups he was doing and all those wonderful brawny athletic things is is daniel and i can give that away because daniel tweeted it so he doesn't mind people knowing that daniel by the way does a lot of what do they call those workouts? They call them parkour, parkour workouts where you do it outside. You don't go to a gym, which is certainly worth it in San Francisco with the average gym being about 150 bucks. Um, so he, he he's involved in that, and uh, he tweeted how many push-ups and sit-ups he's done. So maybe next week we'll talk more about daniel's uh daniel's athleticism but uh also we'll, we'll talk more about the elections and everything else that's going on it's going to be let's see come monday will be what eight days come monday show we will be eight days away we'll be in the single digits eight days away um by the way if you're in the san francisco bay area the san francisco gop Yes, believe it or not, we have a San Francisco GOP. The San Francisco GOP is going to be doing a party on election night, election night gathering. Um, so you might want to go to their website, the San Francisco uh, GOP, SFGOP, San Francisco Public Party. And if you're in the Bay Area, you should join us. We'll all be there. It's going to be a fun night. It's going to be a fun night. It's going to be the cathartic, you know, all this, all this angst and garbage we've gone through over the last two and a half years we deserve one good night don't we so if you're in the bay area go to the sf gop website and i think they ask for a 20 dollar contribution if you can afford it you don't have to you can also rcp and come for free but they ask believe me the san francisco gop could use the money when you once again how much money the san francisco democrats newsom pelosi has london breed the gop can use the 20 bucks so if you can afford it that would be great and then you could uh, come to the party and we'll have a good time. All right, I'll, I'll talk about that next week, too. I'll mention it throughout the week so people don't forget. All right. It's been a good week. It's been a very good week. Thank you, Vlad, 
for, for calling in. As always, thanks for everyone for listening. Um, the show is on from Monday to Friday night, five nights a week, okay? It starts at 11 p.m. Pacific, 2 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. over there in the U.K. and uh, in Ireland. <laughs> and uh, the name of the show is Unless Be Heard. I'm Micah Chopley. And remember, always remember, vote Democrats out of office. Vote them out now. Thanks for listening. Have a great weekend. Go to see Tar. Go to see the Banshees of Anishirin. And I'll see you back here on Monday night. Thanks for listening.